Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This past weekend, Rhonda and I ventured into the exciting world of Dungeons & Dragons Neverwinter. We were lucky enough to get beta passes for their press event, which allowed us a sneak peek into this a new immersive environment brought to us by Cryptic Studios and Perfect World Entertainment. Now, Neverwinter is a, a title that's been out before, but this version is an MMORPG, and it's set in the D&D campaign, The Forgotten Realms, which, from what they said on their website, is a really popular campaign. Perhaps most exciting for me in this adventure <laughs> is the fact that this is Rhonda's first experience with an MMO. <laughs> so, yeah, how was it jumping into this massive gamer pool? Um. I, well, I really don't think that it was probably a very good sampling. <laughs> well, since it was a really limited pool. <laughs> yeah. Sort of hopping uh, the pond. <laughs> yes, yes. I And I, I, I barely even stuck my toe in the pond. Um, yeah, I don't think that I really got the MMO experience. Um, I, as far as I think um, playing with other p- people, being in a group, going on raids, um, getting organized and interacting and uh, pulling our skills together. Um, I never could figure out how to hook up with anybody. Um, I don't know whether or not you were supposed to be able to. I'm not sure if you were either. And it wasn't something that I sought out either. I just, you know, I had a, a limited amount of time to play and I wanted to get through as much of it as I could in the time that I, that I had to sort of explore the yeah. area. So I really just jumped in and played when I could play and, and ran as far as I sort of could through uh, the, the story and what was sort of unfair folding. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did too. The first night um, I sat down to play for an hour or two. I got started and I knew I had a limited amount of time and I for- I didn't even think about this, but I got to the building the avatar and I was like, oh crap, I'll do this all night. <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that I loved. I love their character creator. I, I thought it was really well designed and, and it was. It, you had so many choices and you know, I, I say this a lot because, you know, we've had other MMOs, cough, cough, World of Warcraft, cough, cough, who have gone on record to say they can't make, you know, body shapes because it impacts yeah. the environment too much, which is just crap. I'm sorry. And um, I loved the flexibility you had in body style. And, you know, you, you they had sort of preset faces that you could choose from. But then you could go in and modify every one of the features on those faces if yeah. you wanted to, like every detail of the face you could. And I didn't even let myself. I did not even let myself touch those controls because I would have been there for five hours just playing with the character creator, which is a a real asset as far as I'm concerned to a game. Yeah. (laughs) I I think that my OCD makes me just automatically have to open and tweak every one of them no matter what. (laughs) Whether I said, well, I'm not going to spend time on this. I will actually touch the bar in any way. At the same time going, well, I'm not going to spend time on this one. I'm not going to spend time on this one. And I'll just skip over it. But I still end up touching every one of them. (laughs) And I saw the default um, heads and faces. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because... I had choices in Mass Effect, and then the uh, after that, I saw all of the tweaks mm-hmm. and, on the chin and the jaw and the mouth right. and the nose. The and eyes and the shape of the eyes and the yeah. distance of the eyes and everything like that. Yeah, it was really fantastic. Yeah. And then the second night that I played, I go in there, and there are all these people running around. <laughs> 
and I knew that there were other gamers because of the the green bars mm-hmm. indicate them, and also because of their movements. So they there were several of them that um, I didn't follow them, but I could tell what what mission they were on, right, and who talking to and I was like okay this is just crazy (laughs) all these people (laughs) running around in here and every now and then I would see some people in a fight and I didn't know whether or not to join the fight or not it's like well I'll I'll go over there and help them I was like well wait a minute they might want to do that by themselves how do I know Mm -hmm. but there was there wasn't any communication there was no texting or anything like that and so um, unless I saw somebody in real trouble or I just, or the, the NPCs actually were shooting at me. Right. Um, I didn't, I didn't try to interfere with anybody else's yeah. game. I just concentrate on mine so I could understand what was going on. But that was pretty, that was pretty hilarious. I was like, whoa, who are all these people? <laughs> well, that's what I, I, I imagined you would have a reaction like that, having been primarily a solo player. And, and hopping in a world where you are going to just sort of randomly run across people who are, you know, on the same quest as you or doing the same thing you're doing. So I wondered what your experience with that was going to be like. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny. And the I, now that I think about it, there, with the NPCs that are running around and then the other players that are running around, I, I wasn't ever confused or distracted or... I, I was able to find my way around in the world really well. Mm-hmm. So there was, it, to me, there was, didn't feel like an over amount of energy or movement or anything like that. And so that's what I would have expected is, and I, that's what I've always imagined. Right. Is like, how do you, how do you figure out what all to do with all these people running around? You can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Now I wasn't in a group myself. Right with people running with me or anything, but I've kind of done that in a four and five person group before, but Mm -hmm. it it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and, and it's, I think, and I, I I have to apologize because I I didn't actually see, but I read in the notes and that they sent with the, the beta package that they, they do have world events or, or local events that happen that are things that sort of everybody can jump in on happening. So you might have been experiencing that. And that, that's a big thing that happens in Guild Wars as well, where, you know, there's an event happening in your area and you'll get a notification that pops up and says, oh, by the way, this event's going on, you know, it's right around the corner from you. Um, I didn't see any of those while I was playing. And that might have been, I was, I was pretty story driven. I wanted to see kind of where they went and where the characters developed into and where things were headed. And so I was, I was kind of just, you know, on a mission myself to, to experience as much of the content as I could. Um, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't see any of those happen though, but they are, they are in the game. So you might've been experiencing some of that. That might've been part of what was going on. Yeah. Well, there definitely was uh, a lot going on. Mm-hmm. I, th- th- there were a lot of HUDs that had stuff on them I didn't understand. And there was, um, the skills and pickups and different things. And I mean, I'm used to Playing, I play Diablo and right. Mass Effect, and I've looked at and, and Borderlands has got extensive stats on their weapons, mm-hmm. but I, I just could not put anything together. I was like, "What am I supposed to be able to do with this? This doesn't make any sense." And I know that it takes some integration. I know that the worlds were much bigger than the worlds I've played in. Yeah, absolutely. You're going into you know um, 
you know, even though there were a number of classes in Borderlands and a number of abilities and ability sets, going into an MMO, especially a fantasy MMO, you're going to have, you know, a huge number of abilities and stats and loot drops that you need to kind of balance and, oh, how do I use this one? Do I use that one? And one note I'd like to make, one thing that I did notice, I don't know if you picked up on it, but when you drop something that you could use for your class and, and skill set, it would say recommended on it. Yeah. And that was fantastic because... Yeah, I, that was pretty cool. I can't tell you when I was first playing WoW how ill-equipped my characters were <laughs> because I just didn't know a lot of the time what I was supposed to be using. And to have like that cheat that's like, you know, okay, in your inventory, this is the best item for you to use right now was a real bonus as far as I was concerned. You know, this is even with, um, I've been playing Torchlight too. Sometimes it would be really nice if Torchlight and the, the items in Torchlight were like nudging you in the direction, hey, you should use this one over, <laughs> over maybe another one. Uh, because it can get it can get overwhelming to look through your loot and try to figure out what you're supposed to do with it. Yeah, I think that was especially good for me mm-hmm. because there were there were so many stats and so much going on, so much term. You've got to overcome the terminology as well. Absolutely. I mean, there's an established world there with with references I didn't get, and so whenever I finally noticed that recommended, I was like, okay, well at least now I can because I couldn't figure out. I don't know whether to equip this sword or not or whether to equip these this armor or not and i had a whole bunch in my kit that were red that i kept waiting to get on a lot when when i finally realized that there was a recommended note up there that just helped so much that okay i can i can adjust my learning curve now on the weaponry and just go ahead and equip stuff because i my stash got full right and i didn't know what to get rid of and what to keep and it took me a while to figure all that out so the the little recommended note was a help a good starter right and once i've noticed these kinds of things before like in borderlands it'll come up and it'll it'll say you know this is a more valuable weapon it's like well yeah i know that but i like this other one (laughs) (laughs) so you get to a point when you've been playing a character where you can kind of finesse the gear to to your play style which is something that you know tend to do in borderlands because i really like um in borderlands uh Sniper rifles that set things on fire. Yeah. Because fire's fun. I mean, you know, when is fire ever yeah. fun? I mean, slag can be fun too, but I don't know. I'm, I'm really nearly, sure it's to slower. Slag. Yeah, it, exactly. It's slower and it doesn't have just the fun that fire has. And, you know, as I've said before, I played a warlock in WoW for years because I like to set things on fire. Apparently I'm a pyro in game. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, the recommended really helped in in terms of helping you sort of identify gear. Did you have any, you know, gear that you were carrying around that you couldn't use? Yeah, but it was because it wasn't for my class. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. And, and I did, it took me a while to realize that. That, but, that was what was going on with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the kind of stuff you pick up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as far as a veteran MMO player, what what kind of comparisons or contrast um, can you make with Neverwinter? Well, one of the things I really liked about Neverwinter and the way they kind of laid it out, I like that you rolled for your stats when you're creating your character because I really liked that. Oh, that was cool, yeah. Yeah, the kind of chance involved in that, that was pretty cool. Um, and I liked the way they progressed through the skill, the skills. 
um, a lot of times you'll start out in uh, an MMO with a character that has like two or three skills just from the beginning. And, and you, you know, it gives you some flexibility. But, but for me, it was always hard to like figure out what I was supposed to do first. So this was really nicely streamlined in that you had one skill to start off with, just one. <laughs> and that was it. And then you got to level three, I think it was, and then you got a second skill. And so you got to play a little bit with each skill before you sort of built on it. And so I felt like the progression was really natural. And that's a real asset because it can be really overwhelming when you walk into an MMO and you're like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to do this. So what button am I supposed to hit? What key am I supposed to hit? What's on this and what's this doing? And yeah. so I felt like the progression was really um, streamlined and really sort of an excellent kind of thing with that. That was one thing that I really liked was uh, the the building this this sort of slow build toward your character. Another thing that was unique to Dungeons and Dragons Neverwinter that I haven't seen before. Um, Guild Wars Two has daily quests that are just kind of what you're doing as you're playing, and that's that's really nice. But this one had a daily skill, so like as you built um, um, up time in the game and as you were killing things and going through and you know progressing on your quests or what you were doing you actually had like that d20 that was right in the middle of the display that built up you know it was mine was orange oh yeah that built up and then it gave you a special power that was your q button that you had to have like that much sort of time spent that day to be able to use that skill yeah and I thought that was really kind of clever because I have never seen anything like that where it was specific to how much time you had played to to what you're kind of doing and everything that's kind of going on in the game. So I thought that that was pretty spiffy and kind of a new and inventive twist on on skills and abilities. It, it added a nuance of a realism, I think. Exactly. Um, you know, it it's like, you know, some skills are so powerful or so rare or take so much energy that, you you, you know, you can't just use it all the time. And that's something that, that always kind of bugged me. And I wonder how the, uh, the gamer types differ in this. But there was, a, there was a hack that my husband was able to do one time on Deus Ex that basically put him in God mode. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I, why would you want to do that? <laughs> and I think what not necessarily God mode was was a fancy. I mean, you couldn't die. You could do anything in the world you wanted to. You never would die. Mm -hmm. Well, what I don't like is having my weapons be so powerful. I just blow through everything. Right. Right. Yeah. Where you? I like to have a challenge. Exactly. And I don't want to be overwhelmed. There was a point in Neverwinter where I got overwhelmed, and I'm like, I don't. I don't know how I'm gonna kill all these guys because I step up and they get me cornered and I die. Mm -hmm. um, that gets frustrating. And after a while, I'll just quit if I realize that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm supposed to stand on one foot and hop and turn around <laughs> counterclockwise. At my head. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and, and then it'll work. When I figure out that's it, well, it's like, okay, I'm done with this game. Right. If it's just hard, I I could go at it for hours. Right, right. Because I know it can be done. Now, that moment um, when you were yeah. like backed in a corner and you were having trouble, did you know about the daily skill at that point? Because I died. Yes. I died because I didn't know to use my daily skill at one point. And then I'm well, like... Well, what happens is I forget. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I finally was like looking at the screen and I'm like, oh... 
oh, that builds up. Oh, I get it now. You know, it took me a, a, a while to kind of get, oh, okay. So when I'm backed into this yeah. corner and I'm surrounded by kobolds or whatever it was I was fighting, I need to hit this button and then I can, you know, get my way out of there. That yeah. and like any D&D game that I played, that, God, the traps. There are always traps. Yes. Oh, the traps. <laughs> that I saw but I tend to lose um, lose the traps when I'm in the middle of a fight mm-hmm. if I'm sneaking through somewhere I'm fine right I, I, I'll never get hit by a trap but if all of a sudden I get surrounded by minions I I step into them every time yeah I I died on the same traps in the <laughs> One of the sewer quests, one of the first line sewer quests that you go into, and it's got big spinny blades in the like big uh, square room. Yeah, I died on those same traps like three times. Oh, yeah. It was just sad. I was just, I was like, you know, you're really better than this, Regina. You're really better than this. (laughs) Yeah, they make me mad at myself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was playing through it. I'm like, ah, darn it. I can't believe I just did that again. Yep. Yep. I just did the same thing and I did it again. Yeah. And then I start looking for them everywhere and I'm like tiptoeing through everything going, okay. (laughs) Well, what character did you build? I first played a guardian, a guardian warrior, which is a, a paladin kind of character. Uh, that's you know melee close range combat and I'm, I'm finding as I sort of progress through trying out new games that I like starting melee characters first and then sort of working my way into range because it gives me a better hmm. sense of the fight um, oh. to be up close which is something new for me and sort of my progression as a gamer I kind of like to jump in there now and see you know what's going on with the fight you know up close and personal and then do a range so I started with a guardian and then I did um, a devoted cleric which was the new release that they had this weekend for the beta was the new character class that they had just sort of added in and I did oh, okay. um, I did a half elf for the guardian and I did a dwarf for the cleric which is the first time I've ever rolled a dwarf so that's kind of cool yeah so you like the dwarf I like the dwarf yeah it was it was you know kind of a different I made a really small in stature um which was kind of cool and um I just felt like she was you know sort of very in terms of the character I was creating what did I call her I can't remember what I named her now um but uh I really liked just kind of the way that she ended up working out it gave her red hair and um and braids i think it was because i I just thought they were kind of uh cool design Mm -hmm. so yeah what did you um i did a devoted cleric Mm -hmm. and um i did some really different things with her than than i've ever done with a an avatar before she um i I actually gave her gray hair which is something that never looks good Mm -hmm. to me i because i took the I was going to do the option in Mass Effect, and it just didn't look good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hairstyles or or the face color or whatever, it just looked it looked really cool. She looked majestic, and um, she didn't look old. Uh, she just looked like a, a holy person. Right. Um, and I gave her the largest feet they would let me give her. <laughs> And I kind of made her hands uh, a little extra long. Uh-huh. It was just, I don't know, I was just messing around with body types. And she had broader shoulders than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, 
she looked pretty interesting. What race was she? Oh, half elf. Half elf. Yeah. Yeah. I like the, I like the just general build of the half elves. I thought they were, they were sort of well done in their, their presentation. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I did some wild things with her and it, it was a, it was sort of a, uh, girl with a dragon tattoo haircut all long on one side and buzzed on the other. <laughs> and you can do tattoos and scars. Yeah, yeah I had face tattoos. I love that. Yeah, I had face tattoos on the on the guardian that looked like um um a sun sort of a, you know, uh-huh. rays going up and off of her eyes and and sort of framing her eyes and um and they had the options with the eyes were really interesting in the character creator where you yeah. can um, blind and wounded and normal. And so I gave my half elf um, uh, glowing eyes, the glow option. Okay. And then for my dwarf, I, I kind of in my mind and sort of the, you know, little backstory I sort of put together. She had a scar across like one eye because you know had that option uh-huh. to put scars on faces. So I gave her a scar on one eye and then I made that eye wounded. So I thought that those things oh. kind of went together in, in terms of maybe she had had like a rough background and that was one of the reasons why she had yeah. chosen to be a cleric so that she could heal and kind of save and help people. So yeah, I those o- options are so great for your role players who are building a story. I mean, it just, it helps you to be creative and to enjoy the kind of gameplay you like. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting because as I've said before, I never would have thought about, you know, sort of role playing or creating stories for my avatars before I did the research. And I found out that this was like a whole sort of subculture within gaming of role players who go and, you know, make their stories. And I imagine that, the character creator in Neverwinter is just a role player's dream. I mean, seriously, yeah, yeah. just a dream because you could go and you can make so much. And I never would have thought to, you know, kind of make that backstory for my cleric had I not had this option to have like a wounded eye. I mean, that mm-hmm. one's just so different from everything else I've looked at. And that's always really exciting when you go in and you're like, oh, wow, this is something completely different. Let me do this a little different than I normally would. So. Well, and on top of that, the what I I've never seen in a game before is you got to pick what region of yes. the, the world that you were mm-hmm. from. Yeah, absolutely. And they, it was perfectly done. They had the map and then you could select uh, the region and it just gave the briefest description with a nice small little graphic of the region. Right. And I was like, I love this. Mm-hmm. I love thinking about what this person's environment was like. Right. Yeah. And it's nice because that stays true to sort of D&D origins. Like that's what you would be deciding if you were rolling a pen and paper character. Yeah. You know, you'd be making those same kinds of decisions. You'd be looking at who they worship, what kind of religion they follow, which is the next option yes. after that which was really great um as well so um those those choices were just really kind of intriguing and and gave a lot of depth to to what you could kind of put together for your character as well so well maybe that we need to step back just a little bit and look at the game a little more uh from the outside and look at the high points the, the typical things like um, graphics and music and play style and stuff like that um, what were your first impressions going in with the graphics? I thought they were beautiful just from from the get-go. I thought the it was really streamlined. And one of the, the critiques I had after playing World of Warcraft for a long time was that the color palette for all of the realms ended up looking a little too 
fantasy for me, a little too cartoon. Mm. Uh, they had a lot of sort of pink undertones and and things and in forests and which you know make it really pretty, but it just kind of got kind of bubblegum like after you know pay, I played oh, that game for yeah. a long time. So you know after playing it for a while, I'm just kind of like eh, this doesn't have the kind of depth to it. And I have previous experience with playing Dungeons and Dragons online which had the same kind of colors, but not the same sophistication of graphic that we're seeing in Neverwinter. So I really okay. thought it looked like a very nicely polished, you know, an updated version of a sort of an older Dungeons and Dragons MMO. So I thought that that, that gave it a lot of, uh, you know, a leg up as far as I was concerned. Yeah, I thought the graphics were fairly mature mm -hmm. anything that i've seen of world of warcraft um is they're very well done mm -hmm. but it just is not my style if i were to sit down and and to pick a game to play based on the artwork mm -hmm. um this is definitely a little more adult or serious it's it's color palette's a little more serious but it's not dull right um it, everything the world is extremely easy to discern right you can easily discern what's uh, going on in your environment and who's who, um, the buildings versus even though you're 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 basically looking at a 3D world on a two-dimensional surface, uh, the, the they've done a good job with the color palette. Yeah, and and the architecture of the city um, and the yeah. protectors enclave was really easy to move around to navigate. I didn't have any moment where I felt completely lost which i can't tell you how many times even in like stormwind which was like the alliance like main city i got lost so many times in that place like i was just like totally turned around backwards which area am i in where am i headed and they were different like colors but i still would get lost until i could fly once you could fly over everything it didn't really matter anymore but yeah. um but just on the ground i loved the way the architecture and the maps were easy to navigate and to move and like you said to recognize who the npcs are that you need to interact with who the merchants are who you know you're getting the um uh quests from i loved in terms of gameplay when you talk to the NPCs, how it would sort of uh, zoom in on them and give you a close-up of who they were so you could yeah. see more detail about their character. I loved yeah. that because it gave it a, a depth to the NPC characters that you don't often get in an, M in an MMO or other games where you're in a third-person perspective and you're so far away from the character. It really yes. was a nice way to visually and quickly define who the character was that you were talking to. Which helps you remember Remember, because they stay in the same location typically, mm -hmm. and it's a good marking point. It's like, okay, there's a landmark. I know who that is. Right. I remember, you know, what I was doing when I was here. That, you know, that helps me a lot. Yeah. I thought the maps were kind of confusing. I just kept going downstairs and going downstairs, and I was like, this is enormous. But, again, I was I was diving full speed ahead and I was not taking the kind of time that I normally would because I right. wanted to experience as much as possible. So. Right, right. Now, how did you feel about the, they, they had a trail uh, for, for the quest that you were on. They had sort of a trail of glitter for you to follow. Yeah. Now, how did you feel about that as sort of a new MMO player? Well, th this is what I don't know about the beta. I'm not quite sure about what how much of a segment that we were playing, how much, how many of the missions that we were given access to, 
And I don't know how far along the development of this game is. All right. So mm-hmm. given that, what I would say is the the glitter trail helped me a lot of the time, but that's not the way I'd want to play normally. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was being led around by the nose and that I wasn't discovering anything. Right. Yeah. And you didn't I really... like I was going from A to B. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to go over here and do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's with a world that big. I just didn't understand why I didn't have a, you know, a, a pocket full of missions here and I could just kind of pick where I wanted to go. Right. Um, it's a pretty, it, it's a pretty easy map. I feel like to learn and get around in it's enormous. Mm hmm. And I would get confused, but I mean, I was only in it an hour. Right, yeah. <laughs> and after a while, to me, the little the little breadcrumbs were just, I was like, okay, you want me to go over here, whatever. Right, right. Well, and even when you went into an instance or into, you know, the sewer quests or, yeah. you know, the other buildings that you went into it would be leading you through the buildings as well. And, yes. and I'm not sure, you know, in, in my notes, as I was sort of putting it together, I felt like it was a little like being on idiot mode, you know, where, <laughs> you know, it really is just sort of driving you in one in one direction. And I'm not quite sure what they've got in mind with that. Right. I'm not yeah. sure if it's solving a problem, whether or not they're addressing a user issue. Right. In particular, whether it's an option that you'll you'll be able to turn on or off. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't look to see if it was something that you could because I didn't I didn't get that d- deep into sort of the controls or what you could you might be able to just click a button and turn it off, which would be yeah. kind of handy. One of the things it, it, there's kind of a movement, it seems, in MMOs to be more limited in the number of quests that you pick up at one time. And I think that's coming out of the early or days of MMOs. You uh, at least I had the experience of getting very easily overwhelmed in not knowing where I needed to go to do things and having 10 quests that I could go in any different direction to do. And so even in the new leveling sort of way in World of Warcraft and in um, Guild Wars 2 as well, those tend to be more directive in you're on this quest at this time and you're in this region doing these two quests at the same time because they're in the same general area. And that seems to be sort of a a trend that we're seeing in MMO gaming, which I'm wondering if that's to sort of help people focus and not get that kind of overwhelmed by the open world thing going on. So I'm not sure, but but that's that's part of what I've seen evolving in the last couple of years in this this area yeah well and if that's a if that's been an issue in the mmos it's nice that they addressed it right that they've made it so it's not you know kind of get lost or get overwhelmed by different things i think you know you, you can probably have ways you can you know you could still carry 25 quests in in world of warcraft so you know you still had the option to have a bunch of different things going on but it was sort of a linear type of questing and leveling that you could see kind of progressing out of it. I think the only other observation that I might make about the gameplay was that I am not a typical PC gamer. And so I struggle quite a bit with getting used to playing with the keyboard and the mouse. Mm -hmm. But I just felt like I had a lot of control in this game. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I was very impressed with how e- how much easier that I was able to move around in this game than I have in other games. And I seemed to pick it up a little more quickly than, you know, when I 
been on the console for a long time and then I go sit back down at the PC I'm like oh crap <laughs> and also that even just within the world the the with me moving my character around wanting to turn look up look down go over to this corner go behind something almost anything I thought of that I wanted to try I could do it yes I, I love that about very nice yeah I love that and I think that's one of the reasons why I think Diablo 3 kind of fell flat for me was I was so used to being in environments where you could where you had so much control over what you were doing and being able to look up and look around and you know actually kind of like put yourself in the place where you were and catch yeah. a lot of you know great details I used to love when I was flying on mm-hmm. the on the um, griffins in World of Warcraft to look up because the skies the sky artwork was gorgeous you know yeah. and the trees you're flying under the trees sometimes and there's lots of sort of pretty things to look at and you know those those are things that that I think really add to to a depth of a game and, and Neverwinter is definitely following suit in that that way before before I forget did you see the horse with the feet on fire I did. <laughs> oh my god! I want to play this game just so I can get that horse. <laughs> my my mountain World of Warcraft had 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 feet that were on fire. Oh, it's so cool! It was, it was a beautiful horse. Oh yeah, yeah. The, and it's details like that that I always love when they have you know those different things that you could you could look at and 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 different you know mounts to get and all those kinds of stuff. So there there definitely is a lot of that to to collect and enjoy. So well, one of the things that I pay usually the least amount of attention to because I'm not a a big auditory person is the music mm-hmm. and you actually had made some notes about the music and I'm like eh, I didn't even notice it <laughs> <laughs> yeah because I just don't <laughs> I think it's actually uh Sharon one of our writers for the site did in, did an article recently about in-game music and and enjoying it and I think that my um my switch was on for the music in a way that it might not have otherwise been because I'm I'm also not really a big sort of music person as well but I felt like the music was wasn't equal to the grandeur of the scene that I was looking at. A couple of times I was kind of like, oh, this is a little thin here. I wish this was a little bit more dramatic. I wish there was a little bit more going on um, in terms of sort of the swelling scores or something you might have in this. So I did feel like it fell a little flat. And I do owe that to Sharon because I don't really think I would have paid attention to it either. It's not usually part of my experience, but she brought my attention to it. And since we were looking at a beta, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, I want to look at every aspect of this. So it came to my attention. But I did like the um, the sound effect tracked as was really well done, where the sound effects that you were using is you know weren't distracting because sometimes they can be overwhelming as well, yeah. especially when you're a caster and you have a lot of sort of magic stuff going on. You can get you know sounds that just completely take away from your experience, and that was not the yeah, case. Yeah, that's what that's the one thing I do tend to notice is the the sound effects and. I actually, when I was, I set the um, options and the preferences at the beginning of this game, I typically turn the music down and make sure that my sound effects are up fairly high Mm -hmm. because that, those are the only auditory clues that I tend to retain. Right. Now the music was playing, but I would think that as an artist, you would want people to notice the art and the details. I would think as a musician, you would want the same thing. Mm-hmm. And since to me, the music was just was utterly forgettable and I couldn't even begin to tell you even what <laughs> type it was. 
it, it probably it probably could have used a little more. A little, but yeah, a little boost there. It's not a big criticism. I mean, overall, I mean, I was really impressed with this game. And did did I see something wrong? Correct me about it's free online to play or something. I think I think it is. I think well, I think that's the model that most MMOs are moving to now without subscription fees. Uh, they're actually taking, and I don't know, you know, who came first necessarily, but um, Firefall also had the same kind of um, option where they have Founders Packs, which is one thing I wanted to mention to people. If you do want to get on a beta and you do want to play Dungeons and Dragons Neverwinter, uh, you can buy a Founders Pack, which will guarantee you beta access to the game. And they start at like $20 and they go up to 200 and you get all kinds of like spiffy, cool stuff in game. You know, the more money that you pay for it, you get... Uh, bigger perks and firefall did the same thing where you could buy a package and then you got you know instant beta access with those packages so um so that is something that you can do but i i do think it's going to be a free to play sort of the basic you know um the basic game itself is going to be accessible free to play cool yeah and what's really cool one thing i didn't get a chance to explore and uh, but i did see a demo of it at pax was uh, an option called the foundry which uh, for people who knew an older version of Neverwinter, it was one of the main sort of pieces of it, was the player-controlled content. Oh. And the foundry in Neverwinter is going to give players the option to create their own environments and to essentially host their own D&D games online in in the oh game goodness. itself. Yes. And you can make your own maps, you can build your own castles, you can create your own bad guys. You know, you can do everything. You can name them what you want, you can do all kinds of things and, and you have control as a player over over everything in that environment that you build. And they're going to have a rating system where people can play other players' contents, so you can make it public, but I think you can also sort of keep it private and just have like a game that you play with your friends or the people that you game with as well. So that is really something that sets Neverwinter aside, you know, ab- above and, and, and sort of in a different place than other MMOs, because that's some pretty awesome sort of game design control that you can get in this game that I don't think you can really get anywhere else. Yeah, my I, I'm sorry, but my brain is chasing about 10 rabbits right now. And so if 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 my words get really kind of jumble, it's because I am actually designing a castle right now in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, there's a horse with fiery feet. Yep. And, you no know, doubt. yeah, that is Ooh. so cool. Yeah. And, and I watched we, we that was what I, I saw the demo of at PAX and I got to watch the controls and how easy it was oh. to sort of create and they give you it's very much nice. like the character creator was for your avatar where you can go in and you can oh, play nice. and have like that level of control over these you know you know you put a table in something somewhere and you put a you know you make your whole map and you make your bad guys and you know you have the sort of base models to work with but you can also you know make their fingers really long or make their arms really long which I think is what we ended up doing in the the demo that I was in we made arms really long sort of you know knuckle dragger kind of kobold I think it was you know something like that crazy big eyes or you know however you want to go about doing it and so I think for anybody who has a creative sort of interest in game design and want something that's kind of easy to hop into and do that kind of stuff that's that's this is going to be the place for you (laughs) yeah that's that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. but well I mean I think overall we've got um in general two 
two thumbs up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm, I'm looking forward to continuing to explore, you know, the betas and the uh, weekends that they have launched for people to play and seeing sort of where it goes from here. Cause I think it's a really, it's going to be a really great platform and a really great place for people to play. So, yeah. And the, there's so much to the game. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's sad that um, I was only able to put about four or five hours into it and just, I wouldn't even call that scratching the surface. No, not at all. Not at all. That's almost barely a commercial or a trailer for for something this this huge, this well thought out uh, with so many levels of play and anybody can jump in. I mean, look at me. I never played an MMO before. I did not play in any groups, but just sort of ran around and I just, I had a really good time. Yeah. And you got, you got at least the experience and to see the scope of what an MMO is now that we've had so many people who are sort of dedicated, you know, MMO players and RPGers that have come on the show. Now you, now you've had that experience at least to a degree. Did you watch the chat at all? I'm curious as if you caught any of kind of the discussion going on or any of, did you watch any of that? Oh. Yeah, I was uh, keeping an eye on it and kind of looking at what people were talking about. And a lot of people had gotten a lot farther with their characters than I had on the second day that I had logged into it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm just over here doing my little thing. Thanks. (laughs) But it was still fun. Well, if there's anyone else out there who has played Neverwinter or have any feedback about what we've commented on the game, uh, if you go out and give it a try or you end up buying the Foundry Pack, we'd love to hear what you think about Neverwinter. You can always give us feedback on GameOnGirl.com, and there's other links there that we'll get to Twitter and Facebook. We are Game on Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at RoRoom. That's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. You can read my tech blog at JewelOnTheFrog.com. Email is Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter. We'll have links and hopefully some screenshots uh, from Dungeons & Dragons Neverwinter up with the post for this episode. So make sure to check those out. I'm hoping, actually, that we can get a couple of shots of both of our avatars so you can Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. You get some shots of of the characters that Rhonda and I created. Make sure to to check out the site to see those. If you're interested, as I said before, in participating in the beta for the game, players can sign up for free for Neverwinter weekends at playneverwinter.com. Or get guaranteed beta access by becoming a founding member through Neverwinter's Founders Pack program. And I'll have links to both of those up on the site as well. So you can just click through to see um, what's available in terms of the Founders Pack. So some pretty some pretty great options there for cool stuff you can get in game. Game on Girl is now part of the Radio Fubar Network at RadioFubar.com. Game on Girl is also available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with the references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening, and until next time, game on.